0: daily inspiration podcast on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got John Murphy. John, you're the founder and CEO of John Murphy International, and you're the former CEO of a major pan-European insurance group. John, you've worked with some big brands. Uh, If you don't mind me name dropping a few, let's see if someone recognizes Johnson & Johnson, (laughs) KLM, Air France, Pfizer, Circle K, to name a few. I'm sure there's a whole bunch <laughs> whole bunch of other names <laughs> that we'd probably recognize.
1: Well, yes, I've been fortunate to 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 work with some great clients. Um and uh but you know, as you know, as you well know in terms of, you know, do, having a startup business as I did 16 years ago, that's not where I started. And um so you have to kind of earn the stripes to actually and have the credibility to get working with clients like yeah. that and stay working with them because they, you know, I, one thing as I, I, you know, and it's something I say to anybody starting off, you know, when you get into a large organization, there's, there's a great opportunity, but if you don't do it right and you don't do it well, and you're not mm-hmm. really clear about what you are really good at, you'll get dropped yeah. and you'll find it very hard to get back in again.
0: Yeah, so, um, and, and I, I very much agree with you and, and I love that you've earned your stripes and because you have those stripes that, that really, um, I mean, it gives you a leg up to people that are just professional trainers um, but maybe haven't necessarily done that. Um, and so, c- would you mind sharing a little bit of your background? Sure, I mean, the, the,
1: my background is that I did the very traditional kind of corporate route. I started as a, a door-to-door insurance salesman Uh, in Ireland and uh, did that then, you know, because you're, you maybe become reasonably good at that, then they decide you make a good manager, which is not always the Mm -hmm. case by any means. So I was made a sales manager, but I kind of, after a rocky start, got, got to grips with that and then progressed, became a sales director, marketing director, general manager. And the last, as you say, the last proper job I had was the CEO of a a pan-European insurance group. And but like a lot of people go through that corporate route, you kind of, some of us get to a stage where and I'm not, you know, criticizing the corporate world. It was very good to me and I hope I was good to it. But you get to the stage kind of, well, okay, I've, I've got to where I want to get to become a CEO. Now, you know, I discovered I actually preferred the journey to get there than I enjoyed being there. And, uh, and while, you know, I had seven great years, I discovered after about four and a half years, you know, somewhat, this is not really what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, uh, and okay, you can go and you, I could become CEO of another company, likely. Um, but I kind of thought, no, I just want to do something different. And I really, I decided to leave before I decided what I was going to do. And then it was, okay, so what am I going to do? But the part of the job that I loved doing was I loved hiring people. I loved coaching people. And I loved actually really building a team. And that's what I really mm-hmm. loved doing and I enjoy yeah. doing. And I decided I would go and make a business out of that, which is, Kind of easy to say, but not necessarily all that easy to do, like starting any business. But that was the journey.
0: Yeah. And so, John, when people bring you in, what, what are the problems that you solve? The problems that I solve is that for many leaders, um, a big challenge for many
1: leaders is who do they, uh, who can they have a conversation with that they can be open and vulnerable with? Mm-hmm. Um, who can they have a conversation with where they can actually say, listen, these are the gaps in my, particularly if you're a CEO, if you're the CEO of a company or you're the leader of a major division, you know, you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to accept that you're continuously upskilling yourself in terms of becoming a better leader, becoming a better manager, becoming a better coach of people, becoming a better strategist, become better at kind of defining the culture and all of that. And you need, you need to have somebody who is going to hold you accountable to ensuring that you keep your focus yeah. on that. And to a very large extent, the role that I play is is, is, is that, is kind of making sure that the, the dashboard that they're working towards are, are the dashboard of the things that are going to really move the needle in terms of themselves and their own development and their own career, but also of the business that they are responsible for or the division in the organization that they are responsible for. So I don't pretend, I mean, the companies that you you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned you know pharmaceutical companies, yeah. aviation companies. I mean, I, I am not an expert in pharmaceutical companies, nor am I an, an expert in aviation, but that's not my role. My role is to challenge the thinking is to challenge the, the behavior and is to challenge that are you actually moving the key issues that are really going to make the difference in the organization and are you moving that forward? And the other I find is that they, they just need somebody that they can trust and doesn't have an agenda with them, that it's a safe place for them to have a conversation about their worries, their concerns. And, and interesting, Josh, as well, I'm finding that more and more conversations and perhaps it's a, it's a reflection of our time but more and more conversations are where i'm having with one to one clients is that you know am i really doing what i really really want to do and does it have meaning does it have significance or does it have is it going to leave a legacy or is it a job and that's even whether they're they're the owner of a business
0: yeah um so john where do you think uh, so i'm i'm curious you know in 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 your uh, how you 've seen leadership evolve, maybe say over the past ten years, for example, um, what have you seen or or what are you teaching today that is relevant to where we are culturally today as opposed to say ten years ago that 's a really interesting question and i and, and I think that 's one of
1: the things that 's come to the fore i mean if you go back if you go back a number of years maybe go back you know ten more years ago where the, the 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 approach was very much a command and control type mm. environment. You know, I mean, I mean, when I started working, I turned up and I just did what I was told. <laughs> it was, you know, it was uh, kind of pretty black. And if I didn't, I probably got fired. <laughs> so that was kind of the scenario that you operated. I'm certainly not advocating that, but you know, and there's been a it's been a great evolution over the years from that. But I see over the last number of years that the 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 real shift is towards value based leadership and the reason that I talk about that and it's a bit of a you know kind of a, a line you throw out but you know people joining organizations or people in organizations want to be engaged with what does the organization stand for what is the vision of the organization what is the contribution of this organization it doesn't matter whether it's selling pharmaceuticals planes widgets cars or whatever it might be or in a retail store it's what contribution is this organization making to Uh, the community, to the environment, whatever it might be. So people want to be engaged with the vision. It's not just a transactional relationship where, you know, I turn up to your organization, Josh, every day, and at the end of the month, you pay me some money. And Mm. that's the transactional relationship. It's much more that we're both engaged in building something. So, So the challenge for leaders is that it's, their work is much more about the, the value base that the organization brings. What does the, the organization stand for? Yeah. What is the organization you know, contributing? What are the you know, people that come through the organization, how are they going to be developed? How are they going to grow? How are they going to be better off for being part of that organization? Because you know, the job for life has been gone for a long time, but you know people are going to come through, they're going to spend a number of years, they're going to leave. But in that time, how are they going to grow and develop both as individuals and as you know, in the professional world? So I see that kind of shift. And I think that you know, when we're looking at the current environment, which is very challenging, yeah. it's, it's that communication about values, what we stand for, the vision that we have. Because the vision for the organization is, despite the turmoil in the marketplace right now, the vision for organizations isn't really shifting so we've got to keep connecting people to that vision so that because that's what's going to take us through not the only thing but it, but it is certainly one of the issues that people have got to so that we don't lose we don't lose sight of why we're doing it and the purpose that it is so i think that leaders have got to play a really big part in in living that and being seen josh as well to be the living yeah. embodiment of that it's not just about what i say because what people are looking for is not just you know, I hear what you say, but is that is your behavior, is everything you do consistent with those values that you're talking about? You know, mm-hmm. it's no longer just to have the the plaque in the in the reception area, these is what we stand for, and we have the usual old stuff that you see. This right. is actually what do we really mean? And how does that translate into how we behave day in, day out? And that's where I think the leaders of the leaders that embrace that. They're the leaders that are going to really lead their organizations you know, into the next phase, whenever that is, but they'll do it in a very strong way.
0: What might the symptoms of a company that doesn't embrace this, what sort of symptoms might we see organizationally? If they're, if they haven't, if they're not doing this, what, what, what kind of problems will they have? Well, I think that they're
1: going to, I think there are a number of things. I think that they are going to have very disengaged people Mm. And where you've got very disengaged people, you've got high turnover, yeah. and and also what you what you will find is that you will lose the good ones, um, because they're more mobile than the ones that aren't so good, and that's just a fact of life. Mm. So I think that that engagement with the staff pe- people are saying. I mean, it's interesting. I, I find even the current climate where yes, there are big challenges, but the the responsive organisations. To the challenges and where some organizations are being seen to take advantage of what governments or states are are, are offering in terms of relief and support when they can actually survive themselves. They could actually carry the load, you know, and they're being and they're treating their employees with some disdain and just Mm -hmm. allowing to do the minimum, They're doing the minimum and letting the, the governments pick up the tab or they're actually treating their suppliers poorly. And I think those organizations, you know, people remember how they've been treated during oh, this yeah. time. And it's not just the staff, it's the customers, it's the suppliers, it's the providers are also going to remember. There's one company that I was reading about, a very large organization in the UK, and they, the, the the leader kind of said, listen, I'm letting all of you go, go and work in supermarkets. And if you want to come <laughs> back when this is all over, you can apply again. And to the And to the suppliers, we're not paying you right now. We're going to wait and you've got to just suck it up, right? It's all very well. That's great headline grabber, but by God almighty, who wants to actually
0: work in that environment? Yeah. Who
1: wants to actually do business with that sort of organization?
0: Yeah. So what would be some, like, if let's say you were uh, a head of a company and you just don't have the budget uh, to to keep people uh, or a department on staff, like, what do you do? Well, I think that I
1: mean the one thing that I'd say is that you 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 have to be pragmatic. You're in business to 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 survive, and you're in business to make a profit. And there's nothing, you know, th- this is not a charity, so you're in business to actually do that. So you've got to figure out well, do okay? Do I really believe that we can survive this particular you know trauma that 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 we've encountered? And if you do, and I think many will be in that place, some just simply won't survive, and some have just got to acknowledge that. You know, I I don't have a runway. I I, I need this week's cash in order to survive. So you're probably not going to survive. And that's just a, a dreadful situation to be in. But I think that the others, you know, if you if you cannot afford to do it, but you see that, you know, if we actually maybe adopt the whatever the, the the government is offering or the 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 concessions that are being granted, and say, okay, well, can I kind of blend that in? And you know, in some countries they're saying, okay, the government will pick up eighty percent, and the, the 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 employer picks up the other twenty percent. If that's something that you can do, I think you look at all the options. But I also think that, you know, you've you've got to also say that, you know, you've got to red circle some amount of funding because, you know, if the business if the business stops, people lose their job anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've really got to be sensible and say, okay, you know, we can burn cash to a certain extent, but if we go beyond that, then you know, we're actually just in free fall. So I think you've got to get the balance right on that and see what you can do. But the, the sad thing is that, you know, there is going to be pain uh, and there's no way of sugarcoating that there is going to be pain and you've got to acknowledge what it is you can, you, you can do. and You've got to acknowledge what you can't do. But I think the really important thing is to stay communicating with your people. You know, be really upfront, be really straight and uh, be transparent about what you're what you're doing. Be transparent about your ability, to, what your ability is to do, what you're what you're in, unable to do. So being really transparent, I don't think you can. I mean, I don't think you can overcommute any at any time, but I think uh, particularly in this environment, you have really got to communicate. You know, the staff know the issues, the staff know the, the, the stress that the company is the company is under. So I think it's being open with them, doing what you can. but. You know, you've got to do everything you can for the business to survive in order to ensure that when we come out of this, whenever this is, and I, nobody knows, but when we are actually in a situation where we're back to having a normal, whatever that looks like, trading environment, that we're able to survive. But if you if you drain the coffers completely that you just can't go on, then everybody loses. And yeah. it's just getting that balance right. And it's tricky. I'm not saying it's hmm. easy. It's tricky. But you know, you've got to figure out have we actually got enough to rebound from this, or are we just going to drain the coffers and then it's all over for everybody?
0: Yeah. Um, what do you, What's your opinion on kind of the um, you know having the right balance of authenticity or transparency um, with your organization? You know, whether it's you know talking about a, a difficult situation right now or just business as usual. Well, it's not business as usual.
1: And I think- Well, no, currently,
0: no, not right now. But, uh, you know, this philosophy, when we are back to business as usual or when it was business as usual.
1: Yeah, well, I think that, you know, we're not going to go, I, I don't know what it's going to be like when it's all over and nobody right. does, right? But I think the one thing that everybody is clear on is that it won't be exactly the same as it, as it was before. So there, it, we're not going to go back, oh, when this is all over. So, you know, whatever date in, in a couple of months time when, you know, we're, we're out of, you know, unlock and being confined to, to homes and, and all of that, that we're going to go back, and it's going to be the same that's not going to happen right there's going to be differences it's going to be significant differences and certainly talking to uh, talking to even my own clients you know I can see where they are there, there is going to be significant differences but I think that you've got to be really transparent about what you know and what you don't know hmm. right and and I think that because people are not stupid people know right. the issues you know if you've been in an organization you don't need to be told that we've got a significant problem and you just you damn well know that right so it's actually being really upfront and being as transparent about the situation as you as as you possibly can be you know without divulging information whatever information that might be sensitive to the market or whatever it might be mm-hmm. but i think you've got to be really transparent with your people and be really honest about it and be as honest about what you don't know as 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 well as what you do know and 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 really then kind of in in bringing them into the fold that you know we're actually this is what we're trying to do, and everybody has a part to play and everybody's going to take a bit of pain in this but you know if we actually do some of the right things here, we could find ourselves out of the uh, out of the situation I think the other thing josh as well that i I'm seeing is that you know for all of us and you know my business as much as anybody else's you know there are cracks. There are gaps in businesses. There are, you know, there are issues that you, you know, you know you should be dealing with. But you know, business is going well and business is flowing. So you kind of, say, oh well, I'll, I'll come back and I will deal with it. However, I think what's happened now is because of because of what's happened, you know, the cracks that 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 existed in the businesses are kind of the light is beginning to shine through a little bit more. And, and, and people are saying, okay, well, you know, we really do have these gaps. And I think it's where, where it's possible during this time to do something about fixing those gaps. I I give you an example. I have one client and, uh, and you know, she has a business, about 160 people in the organization. And she said to me, she said, you know, and her background would you know, she has a very corporate background and has built mm-hmm. a, a really fine business now on her on her own. But she said, you know, because of my background and being in the consulting business and working for large corporates, you know, managing risk was something that I thought I was pretty good at. And we had a real, yeah, in her opinion, a robust risk management process in place. So I discovered that didn't count for anything when this all happened, right? It was a risk management process in theory, but like the Mike Tyson, you know, it doesn't survive the first punch. And the plan plan didn't survive it. You're right. And and she said, you know, there's an area where she said, I really now over these few months, I'm going to do something about that because when we come out the other end of this, and they've been they've been hurting, right? But so when we come out of the other because because I'm now going to do something about this, we'll be a better organization for that. So I think you know we all have our equivalents of our risk management or whatever it might be, or our gaps in customer service, or maybe it's our gaps in our processes or our accounting, whatever it might be. Now is the time to fix those so that when we are coming out, we're a fitter and we're a better organization for it.:
0: Yeah the quote uh mike tyson everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth (laughs) absolutely absolutely and and it's true you know because we can and and i think
1: that's yeah i think that's also an interesting thought because you know i was talking to another client of mine and he was in the the consulting business and and he was saying to me he said you know he said heretofore we would have been you know going after contracts that maybe were 10 million dollars or whatever it might be he said, "I don't think it's going to be like that. I think that what we're going to get is, listen, here's, here's a budget of 100,000. Now go and validate something and come back, and then we go the next version. So it's going to be in much smaller chunks. Now, in order to do that, your thinking and your way of thinking in the organization has got to shift, because you've got to be a lot more nimble, a lot more agile and a lot more about you know execution. And and so I think that there are the things that are going to come back and say, okay, we just need to, are we actually ready for that? Are we fit for Mm -hmm. that? Have we got the right people for that? Have we got the right processes for that? And have we got the right proposition for that?
0: Yeah. Uh, So John, um, finally, I I know that uh, you've had the you've been able to work with a lot of really big companies a lot of very successful enterprise level companies uh, but you are going to be prom- you are going to be offering a mastermind who is that for well it,
1: it, the uh, the mastermind is really it, it's, it's very similar to the market that i'm dealing with right now it's it's going it's senior executives it's ceos you know it's it's business owners because mm-hmm. the one thing that i that 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 i'm i'm seeing more and more of is that and, and i see it particularly in, in in the one-to-one coaching is that people are just beginning to to kind of say okay well you know my work and my career and my business is one thing but am i actually making you know do I have a life of significance am i you know is there a legacy to what i'm doing am i doing something that actually matters in the community is my life in 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 greater balance am i attending to all of the things i should be doing so it's actually about you know to me it's actually about building a life rather than a living right and and you can we all can define living in whatever way we want to do that but to have it actually build a life of significance and and i feel that you know having you know being surrounded by people who are like-minded people who are going to have the same aspect They will come from different places different different you know industries different organizations different backgrounds different nationalities you know all of that but actually having a group of, of of kind of Similar thinking people, like-minded people, around a table that you can really you know, plug into, discuss, get ideas, share your issues, share your concerns, share your vulnerabilities, and and be a supportive network to each other. Um, I mean, I, I find it interesting, Josh, that even in the last period of time, I'm getting new clients coming at me, right? And, and and that's not because i'm doing anything different actually people are looking for support people are looking for accountability people are looking for you know a kind of a place that i can have a, a safe conversation you know that i can be open i can be vulnerable i can exp- you know, i can talk about my fears my concerns so that's something that we're we're looking at building and um, doing that kind of kicking off the intentions that we kick that off on june the 1st
0: Congratulations on that, John. How do people find, uh, where, where do people go to get that? Well, they can contact me if they, at this moment
1: in time, we're still kind of building the the, the website and everything to go with that, but they mm-hmm. can contact me through uh, john at johnmurphyinternational.com. They go to my website, there's a contact page and they can contact me there or LinkedIn. They can find me there on LinkedIn as john Murphy International. But john at com. that's my email address. That yeah. comes straight to my inbox.
0: Well, and, and your website, John, is John murphyinternational.com you've got all your socials there uh you've got a podcast as well and that is called winning teams uh you're up to 156 as of when we're recording this you're up to 156 episodes so congratulations on that thank you i love podcasts and i love
1: listening to podcasts and you know and 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 i love interviewing people
0: Mm mm-hmm I mean, as
1: you clearly do too, because you're a good interviewer.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much again, John Murphy. uh, Your website is johnmurphyinternational.com. You're the founder and CEO of John Murphy International. And again, you've been around. You helped a lot of good people. I appreciate your time. Josh, it's been a real pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you so much.